with Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I got my good uh, friend Holland Davis in studio from Calvary Chapel San Clemente. Yo. And I have Sean McKeon. What's up? Also my good friend in studio. So we are stoked to, uh, to get it going. But I do want to address something uh, about that new article that we were just talking about um, that came out in the news last night. There's this new HBO show. I'm going to I'm gonna have to look it up. But um, there was a, there's this new HBO show uh, that I will actually look up while we answer a question. But it was talking about how the mainstream is going crazy over uh, the secular uh, scene is going crazy over this new show that's pushing uh, the whole transgender, uh, rape, mm-hmm. uh, drugs. It's, it's all this stuff. And it's so crazy because, you know, how much further do you guys think things can, can go? We were talking about that one artist. And I don't want to say the name because I don't want to direct yeah. people to her. But, uh, you know, she came out with that new campaign and it's just totally filthy, disgusting. It's literally like triple X. It's like you read about and it was like the days of Noah or the days of Sodom and Gomorrah back in those days. How much further do you think that the culture can can go with with what's going on? Well, I think they're going to keep going as far as they can. But the thing is that, you know. The scripture calls these things abominations, right? And people get all tripped out about that word. It's because they don't know what it means. Yeah. And what an abomination is, is something that shocks you or something that horrifies you. You know, it's like, so when you say, wow, that's, a, you know, that's like a horrible thing, right? Right. And so when the Bible talks about homosexuality or, you know, all these things as being, um, abominations. It's not because it's saying that the that the homosexual is an abomination, right? But it's like, what did they go through to get them to the place where they would reject who God created them to be, right? And all of the terror that was happening in their lives, the abuse. Uh, we used to uh, we ministered in an organization that helped people come out of the gay lifestyle, mm-hmm. and we heard like. I would say hundreds of testimonies of guys that were were physically raped as children, mm-hmm. abused, you know, and, and the horrifying things that happened to them right. that opened them up to then later, you know, change their identities and all these other things and, and reject who they were, you know, uh, girls that saw their moms beat by dads, abusive homes, right. and then they said, I will never be you know, allow man to do that to me and I'm just going to reject man completely and these sorts of things. And so when you look at what the, what the, what the world is trying to push in this agenda, I mean, they're, they're pushing these lifestyles that the only way you get into them is to be abused. Right. You know, they're, they're like condoning abuse of children, mm-hmm. really child abuse is what they're condoning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and instead of giving them help, and really, you know, being there to help them walk through to discover wholeness and find out who they really are created to be, you know. So you have a bunch of people that are sick or been through a lot, and then they're just saying, you know what, just be that and push it. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I was having this conversation just yesterday with a couple of people because some of the same subjects we're talking about right now, you know, the question was, like, 
raising children like in this world in this generation when do you start like communicating to them these things because it's going to come down the pike whether they they come in contact with people at school they see something on television and i think more now than ever i mean communication is always important Mm -hmm. but i think for for parents like you have to have good communication skills with your children because they are being bombarded with so many things um you ask how how much further can things go ryan I, I think you're going to see it definitely more. I think it's even in the last year, it seems like things are more in your face. Just look at commercials nowadays. There, there's always, whether it's an insurance commercial, whether it's these basic commercials, there's always this underlining uh, theme. You know, mm-hmm. people were just talking about recently, like the big, um, what's that big movie coming out in the summer? Uh, Toy Story. Mm-hmm. And people were talking about how now one of the new characters. Um, is like, uh, you know, it's a Toy Story. So one of them is a, he can't tell if he's a fork or he's a spoon. They call him Forky, but he's actually like a spork, you know, where it's like kind of a spoon, kind of a, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. there's an yeah. underlining yeah, exactly. theme. Right. You're not one it. or the other. So all no. these things are trying to condition this younger generation to accept all. And then for us who have, you know, Christian belief, believe in the Bible, you know, we looked at being ostracized. But like you said, um, there are people that are hurting, and I think that that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about all the transgender aspect and this big push of like, you know, you biology doesn't <laughs> define who you are. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Actually, it does because God doesn't make mistakes. Um, but people are like, well, I don't like the way I feel, so I'm going to change it. And to me, there that's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. You know, having young kids not liking how they feel or who, how they feel about themselves. Okay, I think I'll be happier if I was a boy or I feel happier if I was a girl. It's not the case. What you're going to see is you're going to start making changes that you think are best or what you think is going to make you feel right, like sin. And then it's actually going to own you. You're going to be in bondage. You're going to be more depressed because you're not realizing the purpose of what you were created for. And you are very special. That's mm-hmm. the Christian. That's the biblical um stance god loves you god cares for you yeah. god knows you individually he knows everything about your life right. you are very valuable in this site um and i think we have to really be praying um in the days that we're living in, in today to walk with wisdom to walk in love and compassion but to walk in truth let me say this one last thing too yeah. i was listening to this um maybe you guys saw it like a little q a session with Ravi zacharias and francis francis chan and francis chan was talking about how um, one thing he's seen in the culture and Christianity today is that there's been a lot of compassion, a lot of moves of compassion, and that's great. That's very encouraging, and it's great to have compassion on all different you know, ways of life. But in the, the, um, the venture to go have so much compassion, some have overstated um, mm-hmm. it in the fact where it's not walking in truth no longer. They're compromising their stance and what you're doing. You're trying to make excuses for the way God's word says. And one scripture he said that has really been sticking out to him is Isaiah 55, where it says, my ways are not your ways. We can't start making excuses for what God's word says Mm -hmm. to to keep up with the times and the culture that we're living in today. And I thought that was very important. Mm. Yeah. Too much. It's not, they're not walking in the grace, grace and truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I told you about even like when we were in Mexico, how, uh, you know, we've seen all kinds of, uh, uh, homosexuals and and you know these gay guys give their life to the God. Mm-hmm. We we didn't compromise. We didn't compromise the cross. Yeah. We told them that there's forgiveness. We're all sinners, and this is why Jesus came mm-hmm. to die for our sins. No compromise, and they all gave their life to the God. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to change with the times. The, the Word of God is relevant, and there's the power. 
through it. This is it. I found the article. It's in UK Mail. It came out yesterday. It says, 30 penises, rape, and graphic sex scenes. TV viewers are left outraged as it revealed how explosive Zendaya's new HBO teen drama will be. Then it goes on to say, it says, the series um, starring former Disney actress uh, Zendaya follows a group of troubled high school students as they experiment with sex and drugs. Mm. The explicit series will feature graphic sex scenes, a shocking rape scene, and full frontal male nudity. TV viewers already slammed the series for depicting deviant behavior as normal. So what I didn't realize is it says it's going to show teen sex scenes. Wow. Wow. That's pedophilia. pedophilia. Yeah. The, the, wow. Yeah. You, you know what's so crazy, Ryan? When you bring up stuff like this, it, it's, the Bible is being Here, proven this true. Is the tra- this is the transgender laying in bed with another girl. So it's a boy, a the, guy in girl underwear. The Bible wow. is being proven true with all this. It's sin. It, isn't it interesting that they everyone wants to preach freedom, do whatever I want, but it's like you think about all these like the gay pride um, parades, you know, there's stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And this is not just uh, the homosexual side. It's a, it's a heterosexual side, too. Why is it those that reject the reality of God fall into this perversion? Like, it's like the celebration. Like, you know, there's going to be praise, and it's like all sexual stuff. And it's just like overboard, man. Why? Behind it, there's a spiritual warfare that is so strong. And is destroying so many people's lives and confusing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a friend. His name is Cy Rogers, and he's uh, to me he's the example of what God can do because he actually was getting ready to get the operation to become a transgender female mm-hmm. and actually go all the way. But right before he had the um, operation, he came to Christ. You know, God got a hold of him. He gave his life to the Lord. But in his heart, he's like, but I still feel like this, so I'm going through with it. Unless, God, you do something, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through with this. Right. Well, um, he gets a letter from John Hopkins, which is where he was going to get the surgery. And they basically said, we've made a change in our policy. We don't believe that gender assignment uh, surgery is the best treatment for this. Uh, for this, for what you want to do, and so he took that as a sign from God. Right. He says, "Okay, God, you don't you don't want me to go through with the surgery. You don't want me to become a transgender uh, female. So you do the work that you're going to do inside of me." And God just began to radically change his life. began He began to deal with the abuse that he had experienced as mm-hmm. a kid, you know, by uh, by pedophiles, child, child abusers. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, I mean, he, he's gotten married. He's had a, he has a beautiful daughter. Um, he's like, he goes around now preaching the gospel. And, you know, granted, when you look at him, you know, he still has mannerisms, you know, mm-hmm. from his past uh, life. But God has brought him so far mm-hmm. that he, I mean, it's obviously he's a transformed person and he doesn't anymore relate to even the old feelings that he had. God completely changed his feelings because that was the work that God can do in a person's heart that really wants to be healed. Right. And he really pursued it. Yep. And you know, when, as we talk about these things, it's really, we have to love that, 
that community mm-hmm. because sure. there is a lot of brokenness and a lot of heartache. I mean, there's reasons why these things happen. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh yeah, I just feel like this for no reason. There's, there's, there's normally as you get into it and you start having these communications and talking to people, there's always, like you said, some kind of, of trauma that has led, led to this. I mean, all mm-hmm. of our friends, people that we've come across and we, I mean, we had a transgender even come in here and, he was like saying the same thing. He was like, like, I'm in the process of transitioning. He's like, I gave my life to Jesus recently. Mm-hmm. So you tell me whatever you want, you know, like tell me what the Bible mm-hmm. says. But also when you look at this, the abuse and the stuff that he came from, I mean, this, this kid, this, he's like 19 years old. He's been through some crazy stuff. I, yeah. I think another thing, a factor, and I, I, I might have brought this up before because it's really heavy in my heart over the years, is like when we're looking at all of this breakdown, to me, it's connected back to the breakdown of the home mm-hmm. overall. You know, you continue to see it in the church, out of the church. 60, 55% of marriages end in the divorce. There's no respect for authority on many platforms. You see stuff through social media and the news outlets, everything. People that are in authority are falling off in so many ways. So it makes young people question authority, question truth. Um, they're not seeing a great example of what a, a true marriage is to be, mm-hmm. what true integrity looks like, what mm-hmm. leadership looks like in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So it's all made up for themselves. You know, people have been failed by families. People have been abused mm-hmm. by families. And so I think we're seeing the, the effects of that mm-hmm. infiltrate our culture today. And, you know, the way the whole game plan is as you keep seeing it through – you know, the Mac makeup, you know, the cover girls or mm-hmm. cover boys or whatever it is. And, and then uh, through social media and through the movies, all it does is it desensitizes you. It does. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because, I mean, think about it. Back when we were growing up, when, when the Madonna video came out, I remember we were in, like, I was like in, I don't know, fourth grade or something, like a prayer. Yeah. She came out and she was, you know, in there and she was like at a church thing and then she like made out with like a black, black Jesus or something. Yeah. And that was so radical at that time because there wasn't the um the interracial white black you know dating or hanging out at that time Mm -hmm. so that was just radical and then all the other stuff that happened in the video but then over you know the years things go on you know people just get desensitized to different things and but that has always been a a pusher of that kind of Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. with her videos with the s&m and all you know all all those different things videos that came out but um that's what they're doing but at a greater at a greater speed now with social media, I mean with our media that's just everywhere now through film, mm-hmm. through Netflix, through Amazon Prime, through Twitter, Facebook, Snap, all these different medias, you're just getting bombarded with bombarded. this. Bombarded, yeah, crazy. On I mean, even level. like with the government, they're passing laws. I mean, it's so now a normal kid that would grow up, like a Gen Z kid that would grow up in this time, it's it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just normal. It's very accepted to to just be how you know however you are. So, right. yeah, and and you know I do agree with, with you know that we do love people that have been coming from yeah. all kinds of backgrounds. That yeah. we love them, we accept them, mm-hmm. but to normalize what got them to get there. Then, in, in in essence, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's the next step. Uh, when you start seeing, you know, like teen sex, you start seeing things like that. All of a sudden, um, it, okay, so we know that this happens, but we don't call it normal. Mm-hmm. Like as a parent, yeah, I don't want my kids to be doing that, right? right? So, so it's like it's not normal. I know it happens, but I don't normalize it. And uh, and so what you're hap- what's happening as this is becoming normalized in our culture. 
then what also becomes normal is abuse becomes normal. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, child pedophilia becomes normal. Um, the, the things, you know, uh, neglect becomes normal. We begin to normalize all those behaviors that led up to uh, the transgender things and the LGBTQ things and, and, and someone having those same-sex attractions. You know, they're not born that way, mm-hmm. you know, contrary to the songs. Um, you're not born <laughs> right. that way. You're, you're made that way. Something happened to you. And they've done studies where they find, where they've now de- determined that a person's internal sense of their gender is set by the age three, three to four. Mm-hmm. So that means that whatever trauma happened, happened between one and four. Mm-hmm. So that's pedophilia. If it's, mm-hmm. if it's yeah. uh, child abuse, that's yeah. pedophilia, yep. which is not normal. Yeah. You know? And yet to call it normal is, is horrible. You know, it's, it, that's a horrifying thing. That, that horrifies me as a parent. That yeah. We would want to normalize that. And here, here's HBO right here with this new arc or this new uh, movie that's coming out, this new series. It's showing teens having ex- explicit sex and nudity. Teens. So all the adults or whoever's watching this stuff, you're watching a bunch of teenagers have sex. People are going to jail for this stuff. That's pedophilia. How is this even legal? How is it even legal? You How know, is this even happening on, on when TV? I, when I, when I, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like exactly, we're reading the yeah. news and we're like, we're watching – Explicit teenagers having sex on HBO. How is this normal? You know, it's crazy. You just but think yeah, of, you it's just, on TV. You just think about that. It's not just the actions that you see through television and media. It's the mind on the back end that's producing it, yeah. that's yeah. writing it, that's thinking about it. Oh, yeah. That has this definitely agenda to do everything that we're talking about right now. And it, like I said, it's the reality of evil. It's the reality of mm-hmm. sin. It's a reality that there is a spiritual warfare that we are all facing and that's why where the Bible says to walk circumspectly or to walk wisely in the days that we're living in to redeem the times, mm-hmm. man, that couldn't be more true than it is today. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that are distracting us, that has inundated us with so much information. We really have to have times where we can just meditate on God's truth, to pray for this world, to continue having compassion in the midst of all this craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, but to stand for truth. And I think that is going to be one of the biggest challenges that is facing the church, Christians, uh, individually mm-hmm. across the world, is to have the balance of having love and compassion as Christ desires us to love, but also to walk in truth and to speak truth. Jesus shared love on all le- levels, but you look at every aspect that he ministered to you, he spoke truth to them. Mm-hmm. If you don't speak truth, there's no healing. If you don't talk about the reality of sin, there's no need for salvation. And that's why we have to be rooted and grounded in God's truth and have a heart for this generation. Do you mm-hmm. remember when, um, I don't know if you saw this, uh, um, Holland, a Teen Vogue came out with an article um, probably like a year ago, and it, it says the guide, the headline was A Guide to Anal Sex was the headline. Oh, oh I, I remember. You sent that to me. Teen, yeah, teen yeah. Vogue. And it went into detail. Of for and obviously and that affects the eleven to eighteen year old kids that yeah. that read this stuff, boys and girls, and it's a full article that came out on the guide to this to sodomize sodomy, and dude, the the mainstream went completely bonkers, just like this HBO show. There all these blogs started coming up, and they were going crazy, going, "How can you be pushing this whole agenda to our kids?" 
that are reading this that are just trying to get you know tips from Teen Vogue or you know mm-hmm. what I don't know I've never read it but obviously probably have fashion and different things but yet now here this person is that's completely polluting the minds of these kids that shouldn't even be thinking about this stuff or being being exposed to this stuff mm-hmm. but then when you look it up I even looked up the girl who wrote it she was just like a tall pervert <laughs> right. you know what I mean right. some some young girl that just her mind's obviously the person behind it's yeah. Just demented mind, and then she decides mm-hmm. just because she's all tweaked out in her head, she decides she wants to put her concept and ideas into these innocent kids mm-hmm. that had no plan of ever even reading this yeah. kind of content. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I've been thinking about all these things we're talking about. Well, I'm a father now. Yeah. You're a dad, obviously. Yeah. You're Means a dad, a and it's just, it's just radical. Yeah. You, I, one thing we brought up too is like you know what's been going on in the world, especially in the United States, is the, the transgender bathrooms, all that kind of stuff. And I was just saying, like, Christian or not, let me tell you something. <laughs> if you're a dad and you have little girls, like, I, no one's gonna want that. Like, they're trying to push this agenda that is just they're tone deaf to yeah. to reality, and it's just pushing an, an agenda. That just doesn't make sense and trying to justify all these different lifestyles. To me, well, it's just crazy. We were in a restaurant and my wife goes into the women's restroom mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there's like combat boots. She can see underneath and there's like combat boots mm-hmm. there. Not women combat boots, mm-hmm. men combat boots. And she freaked out. Mm-hmm. Went and called the you know the restaurant manager. They went in and escorted this guy out who was basically in there trying to, you know, you know, catch a glimpse of whatever he could catch right. a glimpse of. And he had a camera. He was trying to take photos and stuff like that. And, um, but in this day and, you know, and age, like now, if that was to happen, it would be like, well, that's, he has a right to be there. He, feel, he feels that he's a woman. Yeah. He has a right to do that. And so it's when the culture starts calling evil good and good evil. So, like, I'm evil now because. Mm-hmm. My wife doesn't, or my wife is evil because she doesn't want to go in a women's restroom yep. and be next to a guy, you know, in, in the next one over. But you know, you go to Europe, and that's how all the restrooms are mm-hmm. in, in certain countries mm-hmm. where they all the men and the women go in one spot, mm-hmm. and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's accepted. So, but then you know, I I, I, I kind of almost see, feel like the values that have led to the demise of Europe are trying to creep into America and where they're trying to come in and say, these things are okay. These things are normal because they do it over there. Right. Whereas, um, and and that comes back to our, uh, us kind of walking away from our roots as a nation under God, that we've forgotten who we are and, and who, you know, who established us as a nation. And so, you know, yeah, that's, it's, um, it's a dark time out there and really, what I think we're going to see is we're going to we're going to see more and more uh, evil, almost demonic things become normalized. Yeah. You know, like this is okay. You know, uh, it's next is going to be pedophilia. You're going to see a guy with a young kid. They've and, been trying to pass that law. They're trying to add. There was an article. They're trying to add that to the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing pedophilia. is, it, I think there's even a TED. Talk, there was a TED talk about that as well. The other thing is, Crazy. We, we've talked mm-hmm. about this, Ryan, a lot. Is it's not just the sexuality; it's the normalizing of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's everywhere. You know, yeah. on movies, television shows, so many things. Yeah, that Lucifer film on on uh, Netflix yep. and I mean, yeah. several. That's pretty normal now. The whole supernatural, mm-hmm. demonic stuff. 
crazy. And even Christians doing it, you know. I know I we had people in our youth group that were like excited to go and you know do a Universal Studios and Harry Potter and wave yeah. a magic wand and you know and they're Christians. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Did we talk about that, you and I? No. Okay, so I, we I went there to mm. Universal Studios. We were cruising around me and Crystal. And we're like, oh, look, they have the Harry Potter thing. So we walked over to check it out. Obviously, we know that stuff's like, mm-hmm. they're casting spells and stuff. I mean, come on. Yeah. We know that's just demonic straight out of the gates. Yep. So we walk over there, and they have these booths set up, and you buy different wands. They have all these different wands, and they do different things, and you buy it, and then they show you how to actually cast a, a spell, spell with the wand. And, dude, you got, have you ever been there? No. Yeah, so this just happens. You go there. You, they have all these different wands you pick from your shop. And then uh, they teach you how to use the wand and cast a spell right there. So you have all these kids and moms oh. doing these spells. And then, like, you walk up to these certain areas of the Harry Potter thing and you use your wand to you cast a spell. And then, like, something will transform or something will come out of the wall. or like. Oh, wow. So it shows you how to do it. So now you have all these kids getting introduced to witchcraft just around the clock, year-round at the same. Dude, me and I just looked at Crystal and I'm like, I cannot believe that this is happening. Just right here yeah. in a theme park. Insane. And all you know how the enemy works. You know, all it is is a matter of opening your mind. I have a friend that was a, a psychic before, and she says, you know, they taught her how to become a psychic, another psychic showed her. And all she had to do is open her mind by counting the colors backwards. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was a couple other things that she had to go through. But all it is is just opening your mind. So these kids, if they're saying, okay. Here, grab the wand and do it like this, and then this will happen. That opens your mind for the enemy to come in. That's mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yep. It's just opening. That's it. It's so crazy. And then you wonder why all these kids are dealing with demonic stuff. Mm-hmm. Just by opening yourself to that wand, yep. I guarantee some of those kids are taking those wands home and doing stuff, and things are happening in their room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is – dude, wow. Yeah. Well, that's, and, I, and I do think that. I think we are going to see a – an increase in America with uh, demonic manifestations. Well, have you been? Have you been to like Africa or like Haiti or like different places where this stuff's pretty normal? Like India, when you when you go there and they're like, oh yeah, the the witchcraft. They're like, oh yeah, that's pretty much a witch doctor over there. Yeah. Have you been to those places? I haven't been there personally. Yeah. You know, I've been to like the UK and Australia mm-hmm. and places like that where it's not as visible, but it's more accepted than it is here. It's more normalized over there, mm-hmm. and uh, and so. But, you know, just if you're paying attention, yeah. just walking around San Clemente, you yeah. know, I mean, I tell I kind of jokingly, but half jokingly tell people, if, you know, there's a particular restaurant. If you want to go cast out demons, this is the place to go because all the all the tweakers go there. And, you know, and so um, I went there for lunch with some guy and I'm I'm just, you know, having a sandwich, just yeah. talking. And all of a sudden I look at his face and he completely changed. And he got this smile, you know, kind of smirk on his face. Yeah. And I looked at him and I says, oh, I've seen you before. And he, and he, and he shook his head. You know, I mean, this is like wow. with his family. And I said, so, so I just leaned over and very quietly said, okay, so in the name of Jesus, you're going to be quiet and you're going to leave. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he just like, you know, wow. shuddered. And then he, he came back. And I said, um, I said, do you know what's going on? He said, yes. I said, do you want to receive Jesus? And he said, yes. <laughs> that guy, dude, that's you know? it. Yeah. Wow. And it was all like within a, a matter of like a couple of minutes. Yeah. You know, but we're here in the middle of a busy restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and going along with that, so 
there will be, there has to be more of those kind of manifestations in the future. Mm-hmm. Because you think about all these thousands of kids, hundreds of thousands of people being exposed to this whole one thing. That's, all the that's just, up that's just if you're there at yep. the park, if you're, that's just if you're there at the movie or I mean at mm-hmm. Universal Studios. But then people that are watching the movies and YouTube. all the other, all those videos and all that stuff coming out on Netflix and all that. Yep. Things are, I mean, we met with, there was a, there was a, a girl, a girl used to come to our church, Shine, where I used to teach at Costa Mesa. And she's like, I want you to meet with my daughter. So, and her friends, they're, they're all like suicidal and they all want to kill each other. It's like, not mm. kill each other, but kill themselves. themselves. Right. 12 to 13 year olds. Wow. So I go, yeah, let's, let's meet up. So we go to Starbucks and she, she brings over her friend or her daughter and then the two other girls. And as I start talking to them, they're kind of just like looking at me like, you know, like whatever. And then all of a sudden I just start talking about demonic stuff. Yeah, you know, I had this black shadow show up in my room, you know, when I was, you know, messing around with drugs and alcohol. And all of a sudden they get quiet and they look at me and they all start going, well, I have these black things that show up in my room. And they choke me out when I'm sleeping. Or mm-hmm. one had like an imaginary friend growing up, but it happened to be a girl growing up. And then it turned into like a demonic figure as she got older. Oh, wow. And now it's haunting her. So you know those people that have those imaginary friends? Right. Well, this girl said... That imaginary friend was basically it started off as a little girl that she played with when she was younger, and then it manifested into a demon Crazy. as she got older. And anyway, long story short, so I, I I got to pray with all them, lead them to the Lord. But then I don't know what happened to the other two, but the one girl, the daughter, uh, she ended up becoming a transgender uh, a year later. But then as, after I was talking to the mom, she would come to church every week. And listen to the Bible studies, and I don't compromise the gospel. It's always, you know, mm-hmm. sin. We got to address it, and we got to be saved and be mm-hmm. filled with the Spirit. And then the mom comes up to me a year later, and, and she's talking about she wants to go, you know, her and her husband, you know, they're married, but she wants to go out to a More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Loud noises! They're married, but she wants to go out to a club and dance with a guy, you know, go out to a club and, and go dancing with a guy. I'm like, like, you're bringing your kids to me because they're having all these issues, but yet you're married, but you want to go to clubs dancing with another guy because you're mad at your husband. So now you know. I'm just like closer to God. Well, okay. As you read through the scripture, it has a lot to do with acknowledging your sin and to this isn't pleasing to God. And if you're listening to God's voice and you want healing of your life, the Holy Spirit's going to start working in your life to a place that leads to repentance, leads to brokenness, mm-hmm. that leads to healing. So I agree. I think that's a, a great answer. And yeah. it's it's a it's a heart issue. The mm-hmm. person has to want to to change, and that's where the Holy Spirit does the work in the, in the heart. Mm-hmm. And this is what I've always talked about is the, the messy Jesus ministry. Yeah. It's messy because as God's working, you're walking along people that are dealing with a lot of different sin stuff in their life. Just like when I gave my life to the Lord, I was still, you know, watching pornography for the first six months, but I was loved. I kept coming to church, reading, hearing the truth. And then the Holy spirit was working my life. And then finally I decided because my heart issue. I'm like, I don't want this anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it was just like I want God in my life more than I want this, these other things in my life. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's what it comes down to. Is just, 
when there's a work, true work of the Holy Spirit, you're just like, you already see what God's doing in your life. You're like, I want everything that God has for me, and I don't want anything holding me back from what he has for me. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, because when you get to the point where you realize, okay, he's the creator, right? Yeah. He's the one that made everything, including me. Mm -hmm. So if there's one person that can has the right to tell me who I am, it's not the the media. It's not... Uh, it's not a rock star. It's not a movie star. It's God. God mm-hmm. can tell me who I am because he made me. Yeah. And so a lot of it is getting people connected to God so he can speak, mm-hmm. you know, so he can tell them who they are. And that's a large part of what we do when we're praying for people in in, in terms of healing is we want God to speak to them directly. You know, if I, I had a, a family that came to me and they, their son came out, you know, as uh, as being homosexual, having same-sex attraction. And um, and they, you know, the immediate reaction of the people in the in where they were at was, oh, well, he's going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the immediate reaction of everybody. Yeah, your son's going to hell. And it's like... Just closing mm-hmm. the door. Yeah, it's like, right well, how can, you, how can you say that? Yeah. You know, um, this is like a scary messy Jesus thing, but, you know, people don't have forgotten that Calvary Chapel, I mean, the one of the main uh, guys that God used during the Jesus movement struggled with same-sex attraction, mm-hmm. you know, and that's Lonnie Frisbee, yep. you know, and so even though he he knew the scriptures, he knew it wasn't, cor- you know, right, he knew, he knew God had more for him, and, um, but he would struggle with it, so there were times when he would fall. And then he would go back to the Lord, and he would get right with the Lord, and he and then he would minister, and God used him like powerfully, I mean, mm-hmm. more powerfully than anyone I've ever seen in terms of uh, you know, the evangelism and the power of the Holy Spirit and healings and all these sorts of stuff. Um, and but he was not the only one; there were others yeah. that were just like him that God was using powerfully during that time. But it was, you know, it, it really wasn't talked about. You know, really wasn't public knowledge until later when, you know, when all of a sudden he contracts AIDS and it's like, oh, my goodness, here's mm-hmm. this guy's. How did he get AIDS? Mm-hmm. Well, now the story comes out. Yeah. Well, that's not going to be the problem in this day and age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not at all. I mean, just the way we're looking at, you know, the culture, it's 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 a huge issue. And if the church isn't, you know, we've talked about this, too, before in the show, it's like we have to be prepared to ad- to address this stuff, it, it can't just uh, be like the old days, like, you know, push it away. It's in your face and mm-hmm. it's everywhere. And if you're going to be reaching the Gen Zs and the millennials, there's a lot of them that are, that are wrapped up in, in, this, in this stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is, a, this is a major issue for the church. And this is why the Jesus ministry is messy because you have to walk with people through the stuff of going back and forth. And we've talked about this before. We're like, you know, going to drugs, if you go out and use a bunch of drugs or crystal meth, well, you know in a couple of days when you come down, you're going to be feeling like garbage, right. depressed, skinny, no food. Well, sex is a different story. Mm. You, there's no, like, hangover right. from sex. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But there's other, there's other things that go along with it that, mm. that uh, creep in as well. Oh, for sure. So sex is, is going to be a it's, – it's definitely a hard issue. And it's a it's, – you know, there's so many people that are hooked on pornography – they can't not get off of it. Yeah, you know. I mean, and it's major. In, it's, it's, major. it's in the church, out of the church. It's all it's, ages. 
I mean, you, you know, there's there's been stories, you know, we've heard in the news of, of pastors that have been using pornography, mm-hmm. mega churches, teaching, mm-hmm. and they're then actually, you know, they get caught because mm-hmm. pornography leads to if you're watching porn and you're a pastor an or not even a pastor, right. you're going to be sleeping with someone else. That's not your wife yeah. mm-hmm. because the lust mm-hmm. pornography, it's all like uh, it's um, the fantasy. And you obviously want to act out on the fantasy, and that will lead you because Satan will—he wants to disqualify you, he wants mm-hmm. to take you out, and he's gonna—he'll he, lead you into that. And we've read many, you know, friends and and people that have been taken out with this stuff. Here's a question. I think we're gonna have pull uh, uh, question uh, twenty. Yeah, I know God can take away my anxiety and depression, but how? Because a lot, a lot of people that are dealing with this transgender mm-hmm. and, and, and the LGBTQ community, like Lady Gaga's foundation says that, you know, the, the hopelessness, the fear, the depression, it actually doubles when it comes to the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. So the anxiety and all this stuff is, is high. How would, you, uh, how would you address that? Well, first of all, you're not going to have peace until you have peace with God. Right. And so the, the first thing is that if you want peace – and freedom from anxiety, freedom from depression, you have to have peace with God. That's the bottom line. <clears throat> the second thing is there are things that lead up to causing anxiety and depression that are behaviors that we choose, things that we involve ourselves yep. in that bring on anxiety and depression that, that we can choose to not do anymore. Right. And just eliminating those things out of your life will increase joy in your life you know if you're if you're an alcoholic you know if you get rid of alcohol which is a depressant yeah of course you're going to be depressed right yep. so you get rid of that all of a sudden your mood increases why because yep. you just did got rid of a source of depression yep um, but the other thing that is harder for people to deal with um well there's the demonic element and and which is a, a powerful thing but um but in terms of allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work of change in the heart, that where we begin to change our beliefs to line up with what God says about us and, and, and not line up with what our culture says about us or what our families have said about us or, what, or the lies that we've come to believe about ourselves of what, we're, what we should have and what we should be. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's the whole thing like FOMO, right? Fear of missing out yeah. that drives, ang- you know, like if I, if I don't get invited to this party, then I'm not important, mm-hmm. you know, or if I don't, if I'm not in on this crowd, then, then I'm not valuable. And so there's a lot of anxiety and depression that comes with just like, oh, I'm not in this group or I'm in this mm-hmm. group because they have this belief system that's built on the culture and not on the scripture. Right. You know, where the Bible says, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And so a lot, and that's, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of pastors just have gotten away from teaching the scriptures. Right. You know, to where I was watching one guy and his whole message series is on how to market your brand, which is you. Huh? Shut your mouth. (laughs) You know, so like, you know, build your brand, you know, how to build your brand. And it's like looking at, you know, and I'm sure that it was coming down to identity and find your identity in Christ. But the whole way it was going about it was like almost like this marketing thing. Like, you know, I'm going to build me. I'm I'm what's important. You know, I'm the brand that I've got to get out there. And so if I feel good about my brand, 
you know, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna be a happy person, you know. Um, and but that's the confusion that is that where people, you know, especially young people will go and they'll see, you hear that kind of teaching and think, oh, okay, well then I got to work on me, mm-hmm. I got to fix me. There's something in me that has to be um, uh, addressed, you know, and cleaned up. And what is that? That's legalism. Mm-hmm. That's not grace. That's not that's not accepting the fact that apart from Christ, I'm nothing. Apart from Jesus, I'm nothing. He's the one that. Uh, that fills me. He's the one that makes me who I am, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, it, I think it comes down to a lot of those kinds of issues. I think um, when we're talking about anxiety, depression, and we talk about this often because it's a big thing in our culture, um, carrying burdens, stresses of this life, mm-hmm. this this life can weigh you down. And you think of what Jesus says: "Come to me, all you are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest." I love history. I love um, music history. I love watching old documentaries, whether it's the old like Jimi Hendrix or, you know, the Beatles or, you know, artists from times past or even in the current time. And then you go through some of them. And I've seen often ones that have um, had so much success with their music, with their fame, with everything that you could imagine this world has to offer. But there's multiple times in these interviews where they're saying, I still like this, man. I just wish I had peace. That mm-hmm. phrase has been echoed so many times down to generations because it's the one thing you can't buy. You can't buy peace. Cannot. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Yeah. He is the only one that can give peace. And when the, we're talking about anxiety and depression, that's why the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. Go to Jesus. Go to the Lord. And he, you shall mm-hmm. find rest. You'll have this perfect peace. If you try to find it in another element, um, um, element, it's not going to work. That's why the society is addicted to drugs, alcohol, because how to combat anxiety and depression from a secular standpoint, it's medication. Mm-hmm. It's going to take the edge off. People that get caught up in drinking more and more, it's like, why do you drink that beer? Why do you have that drink at dinner? Taking the edge off. It's the peace. Mm-hmm. But it's, yes. you're looking for people, but you're looking in the wrong way. Not only is it limited, yeah. it's not lasting. Yep. Um, and what you talked about earlier, right? And I feel the same way. When it came to overcoming drug addiction and alcohol and everything, I never had to worry about how many days I was sober or anything. It's just what I encountered with God was so much more important mm-hmm. that it gave me so much more peace that I didn't want those other things. Um, the deal with the pressures of life. Now, this is actually as a believer, a Christian, somebody that's walking strong with the Lord. Can you battle with anxiety and depression? The answer is yes. There's battles that you're going to have to, that you'll face. You know, you read the Psalms. David probably wrote about 80% of them, and he is pouring his heart out. And sometimes he's saying, Lord, where are you? You've forsaken me. My enemies surround me. Like, he had bad days. He had a lot of ups and downs in his life. But it says this, when David was discouraged, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the same that was true thousands of years ago is the same today. How do you overcome depression and anxiety? By encouraging yourself in the Lord. Um, before I came to the Lord, I wouldn't have labeled myself depressed. I thought I was, you know, uh, I had all, a bunch of friends, would party, whatever. But because of my lifestyle and being, you know, caught up with court that and all the stuff that I was going through. That brings the depression, all that you're, junk. You're getting yeah. weighed yes. down. And I remember my mom gave me a book, and it was a Max Locato book. I never read it, but I still remember the, the book cover. And on the book cover, it was a silhouette. And you could tell in the silhouette, it's supposed to be Jesus. And it had, and he's carrying this huge bag, almost like this huge sack of, you know, like a bag. 
And um, the, the title was, You're Carrying a Burden That You Cannot Bear. Yeah. And it just always resonated. I can mm. still recall it. Even though I didn't read it, I understood. And truly, my mom saw it at that time. It was weighing on my face, my eyes, the way I was living, the stressed out all the time. I was carrying pressure that I couldn't bear any longer, yeah. and it was killing me. It was destroying me. And that's what the Lord wants you to take your burden, mm-hmm. give it to Him, and you will find rest for yourself. And there's one other aspect I, I touched on but didn't really go in depth, and that's you know the demonic power that can come in. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I was, we were, my wife and I were counseling a couple, and as we're listening to them, all of a sudden the Lord just said, "This this person, you know, experienced trauma, and as a result of that trauma." They built a, a stronghold in their life. A stronghold is, is basically it's a, a plot of land in your heart or in your mind that you give over to the to the enemy, you know, mm-hmm. basically. And what she had done in after seeing, you know, having this traumatic event is she had built in her mind this protective wall, this barrier that um, that she would go into in her mind that would keep her from experiencing the pain of that trauma. But what it also had done is it had uh, it had created behaviors in her that she was out, acting out of mm-hmm. because of the trauma that she had. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we were talking, and you know, they were like very up, and you know, so like we're you know we're in a, a counseling situation. They're happy and they're up, and I'm in my mind, I'm like, if you're so up and happy, why are you here? You know, right, right. <laughs> and I, let's, let's get down to it. And so the Lord gave me a vision, he showed me a picture of what the trauma was. And I said, um, so this is what I see, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I gave the, the picture and she just flipped out. It was like, how did you know that? And then told us the story. I said, OK, do you want to be free from that anxiety and, and that you've been feeling of all your life? And she goes, yes. And so. We went through and, and prayed a prayer of forgiveness because she needed to forgive the person that had done the trauma. Mm-hmm. And so and a part of what we do in that is we, we have them, you know, forgive the person but also give back to Jesus the right and the authority to judge. That's what forgiveness is. I'm going to give to Jesus the right and authority to judge in the situation. And once she did that, we said, okay, now Jesus, come in and wash away all the anxiety mm-hmm. And tear down every wall that that they had built up in their heart, and if there's anything that has attached itself to that to that lie that she had believed or that traumatic event, it has to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to leave. And so immediately, she, after we're done praying, it's like I feel at peace. Mm-hmm. It's gone. This thing is gone. And then I followed up a few days later. Is it still gone? It's like mm-hmm. yeah, it's still gone. And it, it, it had literally been the source of what was causing the, the issues even within the marriage was because of this stronghold and, this, uh, and really a door for the enemy to come in and harass them, you know, harass them and cause her to be filled with anxiety and, all, mm-hmm. and, and act out on that anxiety. But once it was gone, once that influence was gone, once, once, they, had for, once they had forgiven and surrendered that whole situation to the Lord, then the Lord was able to come in and tear down the walls and clean out their heart 
and and really just mm-hmm. kind of free them from this influence and it's not come back. So wow. a good way to do that is everyone can do like an inventory on their own lives, mm-hmm. right? When you're with God, just for listeners that are home, you know, now just be like, God revealed to me what's in my life that's not of you mm-hmm. that you need me to to release, mm-hmm. to ask for forgiveness or forgive people, whatever it is, if it's anger, bitterness, he knows there's stuff that you're watching. God, reveal, do inventory in my life. Show me all the stuff that I need to get out of my life. Mm-hmm. Because there is probably a lot of people that are dealing with the stress, the anxiety, because they have these strongholds yeah. that are in their life that they may not even know of. And there's a lot of stuff that people know of, but they just don't want to give it up. Right. That they're holding on to. And they're like, I want to be fixed. I want to be fixed. But you're like, dude, you got to let go. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus says you got to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Those body appetites. Mm-hmm. You got to release that stuff in your life. I know I used to have the uh, the fear of of missing out. Growing up a lot, I always wanted to be in the the. Um, I just always wanted to be in the spot that was popping. I want to be at the concerts. I want to be at the events. I just love being in the you know the place to be. And um, I would continue to to use drugs to drink and all this stuff to feel that that unrest I had. I didn't have peace. You know, and, and you would drink and that would fill you or smoke weed or use drugs and that would fill you for that time. But then once the drugs or the alcohol wears off, mm-hmm. you're empty again or, you know, you need to be filled and you watch porn and you feel good for a minute and then you need to do it again. And it wasn't until, you know, I gave my life to God and I just surrendered to God. I started reading the word of God and the word of God showed me who I was in Christ. And then when I received the Holy Spirit, he filled me and it's mm-hmm. a continue filling in my life, I was talking to, I don't know who the other day, but I was just like, man, it's so crazy. I have no desire to drink. Like, I don't even want to drink a beer and get like a little buzz. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yep. being drunk is one thing, but just getting mm-hmm. a little buzz is another thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I have no desire just to even catch a little buzz yeah. at all. Like I am totally filled up. I have peace. I have no desire. Cause you know, people are like, Oh, well, you know, as a Christian, you know, you could drink a beer. The Bible says not to get drunk, but I'm like, dude, I don't want to like, yeah. I don't want to change my the way I feel at all in my heart or my mind mm-hmm. or, or I I just have this like confidence this peace I just feel great I don't need to release you yep. know what I mean mm-hmm. and that's a work of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and that's what people need it's sustaining in their life yeah it's sustaining that's the thing he I don't want sufficient. to change it I don't want to change the way I feel I don't want to alter anything the way I feel it's being in it. the presence of Jesus yeah you don't once you're once you become used to being in the presence of Jesus, you don't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. Because ev- everything else is just going to diminish what you receive from the Lord himself. Yeah. You know, and so that was, I mean, that was my early walk with the Lord was just, I would be in my bedroom for hours, you know, just me and Jesus and uh, worshiping and reading the scriptures and just, you know, hearing his, learning how to hear his voice. I didn't know that that was not, normal behavior you know i i thought every every christian lived this way yeah until as i began to grow up and meet other people and they're like yeah we never pray we never (laughs) you know we don't really like worship you know Mm -hmm. we just want to be there for the educational part you know to to stimulate the mind or whatever and 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 i and i realized that there's just people that aren't used to being in the presence of jesus Mm -hmm. but when 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 you get someone that is uh transgender or someone that's dealing with an addiction and you bring them into the presence of Jesus, it's, it's riveting what happens to them, Mm -hmm. you know, because 
the, all of a sudden the demons manifest, they leave, you know, they get out of there because light can't, you know, darkness can't be where light is. All mm-hmm. of a sudden the strongholds start coming down and, and God begins to do a, a fundamental work in their heart, which you can't get it done any other way. It's just any being in the presence of Jesus. No therapy, nothing, you mm-hmm. know. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. Um, everyone that's listening, man, be uh, be blessed. God loves you. He um, he could transform you, and it all comes down to a heart issue. It's just you just got to believe and receive. Just believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross. He raised on the third day. And anyone whosoever from bums to presidents that believe in Him will have eternal life. Uh, just go after Him. Grab a Bible. Find a church that teaches the Bible. And uh, your life will be transformed. Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you peace and rest for your soul. Come to me, all you are stressed, and God will give you the rest. That's basically what it comes down to. Amazing. Totally agree. So amazing what God does. He just pours out his grace and his mercy. And when you encounter that grace, being in God's presence brings healing to every aspect of your life. Um, And it makes you look at the world from a different perspective. You're able to, the Bible says you come from having no hope to a living hope. Mm. Hope changes everything. When you know where you're going, when you know the purpose for which you were created for, it is a game changer. Mm. And there's people in this world that need to encounter the living God. Oh, everyone. And in the we church. We all do, every and, day. And then the church <laughs> needs to be revived in a place of a true love relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Understanding your relationship with God is needed in every aspect of your life. Um, when it comes to raising your family, pouring into them, having good communication, when it comes to your calling, when it comes to having compassion and love for this world, you need, you need the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. You need to see as Christ sees because it's the only way that you're going to be able to navigate through all the challenges that we're going to be facing. As we started this show, we're talking about all these things that we are being bombarded with. Um, and the conversation I had the other day with a couple guys the same is true. To me, it more amplifies the importance of my own walk with God, how important it is for me, because I need wisdom. I can't do it on myself. Mm-hmm. I can't do it by my own understanding, my own knowledge. I need God's wisdom. I need God's compassion. I need to speak. And you know what we also need? Very important. Pastors and teachers that teach, they have to teach with mm-hmm. authority. They have to teach on the importance of standing upon God's truth not compromising it, not making excuses for it, because the only way that people can be changed and transformed is by truth. Mm-hmm. And you have to, because in your own mind, if you look at it from your own understanding, you're going to compromise in some ways because you want to be liked by everybody. People want to be liked by everyone. And the church needs truth. Uh, we have to be able to be led by the Spirit of God because that's what brings power. It's amazing when you sit into a ministry, you hear a study or something that just connects to you through the Word of God. You could have read through that text multiple times, but when the Holy Spirit's really working and it brings light to that text, it can be a game-changing life. Yep. And so that's why we need the power of God. So that's just an encouragement to those that are called to ministry and teaching. Man, teach um, being led by God's spirit and power. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you can always go to the Whosoever's website, and uh, we have all the radio shows up there, all the past shows. Uh, we have an app, the Whosoever's app. It's free. It has all the past shows there, too. And we got sick product. When you purchase it, it actually funds our high school tours. And God's been doing sick things. We're at, I think after Columbia, we're going to be at 98 schools this wow. year. Wow. Crazy. This year, yeah. God's been... 
and we're already booking out for September, October, and November right now. So that normally hasn't happened in the past. So it's exploding. Keep us, uh, keep praying for us, and we love you guys. And we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.